Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs returned to the practice field on Thursday, where we got to hear from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, as well as defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo and linebacker Anthony Hitchens. And then it was assistant coaches day. We heard from defensive line coach Brendan Daly, running backs coach Greg Lewis, offensive line coach Andy Heck, and wide receivers coach Joe Blymeyer. So we'll go in that order to kick things off. We'll hear from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, then defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. We'll listen to linebacker Anthony Hitchens, then we'll take a quick timeout, and when we get back, you'll hear from defensive line coach Brendan Daly, running backs coach Greg Lewis. Offensive line coach Andy Heck, and then we'll finish things off with wide receivers coach Joe Blymeyer. All right, good afternoon. Hope everybody's uh, families is doing great. Uh, we had a tough loss this past weekend. I thought our guys played hard, and one thing I pointed out to them, and I raised my hand when I said this. You know, sometimes you learn lessons in life, but sometimes this game can give us lessons. The thing that we have to realize as a unit is not to take the little things for granted. And so that was the biggest lesson out of all of it. We've taken that lesson. Now we've applied it to each and every day. Just like we always discuss, we live in the moment. The only thing that matters is what we do today. And we're going to continue with that model and make sure that we understand how the little things, (laughs) you know, equates to value. With that said, I'm all ears. You take, you, you take what you get with Patrick when he has the interception, but obviously Clyde had his first fumble. What was that conversation like with him to kind of keep his spirits up on the way back from, uh, from Baltimore? You know what? And you got to understand, I've been in that situation as a player. So as a former player, I know I didn't want anybody speaking to me. Okay? And I know Clyde didn't want to talk to anyone because obviously emotions are running high. But when the dust settles, the only thing that you want to do is put your arm around them, okay? Nobody goes out there to intentionally (laughs) fumble the ball. Nobody goes out there to intentionally throw an interception. But those are things that we can't take for granted in those defining moments. we got to do a better job of taking care of the football. And when it's all said and done with, Clyde will learn from this, you know. Clyde's a, a tremendous football player. He's a great kid, and we're looking forward to him winning more games <laughs> than uh, more helping us to, to, to win more games than what we ever could imagine. So I'm fired up and excited about making sure that our guys put that game behind them and continue chopping wood. We've talked about these types of things in the past. You know what? It like he's doing good. I mean, we had a, a, a great conversation yesterday. I thought yesterday probably was as – his most prolific practice 
And that's not saying that he doesn't always come out there and practice hard. But I thought he did a heck of a job because his focus is uh, it's in a different place. And I'll say this. And so I think you guys have heard me say this before. Sometimes without any bad luck, we wouldn't have any good luck at all. Sometimes you need to be humbled. And things happen, you know. But for whatever reason, we had to go through that experience. But now our job is to make sure we're focused on the prize, okay? The prize has always been to win, to, 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 to win the AFC West. And the only way we can get that done, we have to take care of business this up-and-coming weekend. You talked about lessons and stuff like that, and, and, and I know we've asked you this before about the run game. I mean, you mentioned how seven yards to consider a run. But when you go back and you look at, and, and I have a, a picture of it, mm-hmm. time of possession, 36 minutes, 24 minutes to you all, how, how important is it for you all to really try to establish a run game to, you know, to, to, to set the tempo for you all so, so you don't have to feel like you always have to rely on Patrick and the arm and quick plays and stuff you know, so you don't find yourself in a situation like you did Sunday night. Running the football is always important, you know. One thing I compliment Baltimore on, first of all, they did a great job of running the football. They did a great job with uh, <laughs> uh, uh, of chewing up time on the clock. But when it was all said and done with, it didn't make a difference how great we ran the football right, or how poorly we ran the football. We still gave ourselves a chance to win in those defining moments. And one thing that we understand here. It's not about the stats. You guys have heard me say this. It's not about the numbers. The only thing that matters is the alphabets. And we want to make sure as a coaching staff that we're putting our guys in the right situations to go out there and have success, to give ourselves a chance, to have a chance to come away with a victory. Yes, ideally, we would love to run the ball better. But when it's all said and done, with, if we're giving ourselves a chance and putting ourselves in the right positions to be successful, also, we need to make sure that we're doing the little things that's going to help us to secure that W. I, I do get that, Coach, but, but, Coach, but, but when, when you look at it, though, and, you know, if your offense is scoring quickly and the defense is, is on the field giving a long drive, you put them right back out there, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the team can come back down, have a 14 50 play drive, and score on them again. I mean, that's kind of putting the defense at a disadvantage, don't you think? <laughs> well, I, I thought we did a great job of, driving the length of the field a few times. You know, I thought our guys uh, demonstrated tremendous patience. I thought this was probably Pat's most patient game. He just took exactly what they gave him. And the thing I thought our guys did, they were, they were basically matriculating the football down the field. And when it's all said and done with, like I said, when that game got in the critical time, we were expecting to win. But an unfortunate situation happened, you know. Kudos to them. They did a hell of a job. They did a great job of doing what they needed to do. They got the strip. Now, hey, we pick up the pieces. We keep chopping wood, and we go back to work. Eric, with that being said, the Ravens didn't blitz as much as previous years. Uh, I just wonder how much of adjustment did you guys have to make in the game to recognize that they weren't blitzing much? And is that a trend that you guys may have to look forward to for the remainder of the year, uh, given how successful Pat is against the blitz? So going into that game, obviously you're always preparing for what uh, uh, an opponent can present that can probably present more issues than anything. But also, too, there's also contingency plans. What if they just line up and play just a shell, just a zone defense the whole entire game? Our guys were prepared for everything, and especially these early portion of the season. 
because you never know what teams are going to show you. So you want to make sure that you're covering all your bases, that you have all your contingency plans lined up. Like I said, I thought our guys did a great job of maximizing the opportunities when presented. It was just a few opportunities that we left out there on the table that came back and bit us. And in those type of games, you can't turn the football over. We have to take better care of the football. That way we'll give ourselves the opportunity to come away victorious in those close games. Eric, the fumble aside, just discounting that for a second, why hasn't Clyde had more of an impact in his year plus he's been here? Well, I mean, this is what, week three? This is week three? And I'm not trying to be. Yeah, but I, I thought as a rookie, with you know, with the exception of the injury, I thought he had a pretty good year, you know. And obviously, he came back and fought his well his way back to make it back to playing the Super Bowl. But you, you got to understand, Adam, this is this is the NFL, you know. And we've done some things over the past few years that has put us in position to where everybody, when we're playing them, this is their Super Bowl, and every game is going to be tough. That's what I love about being in this position because our guys are very, very competitive. And so they go out and compete and fight, but they also understand the importance of playing for one another. If anything, okay, I guarantee you, regardless of that fumble, Clyde, regardless of, this, if we, regardless of what his stats were, the only thing he would want is the victory. And so that's what makes this team special. That's what makes these guys special. That's what makes us as an organization special. It's the unselfishness, okay? Because we don't care about the numbers. The only thing that matters is the alphabets. But we need to make sure that we're taking care of the little things that give ourselves that chance to be successful in those when those opportunities are presented. Okay? All right. Y'all take care. All right. I got a nice, bright, sunny day, right? Uh, look, normally I don't say anything to open up. I'm going to just, let me just say a couple things real quick because I probably have a pretty good idea at some of the questions. Um, first thing I would say is uh, it's never good, and we know this is a defense, to give up 36 points. It's hard to win games in this league when you give up. Uh, and our focus is always on points allowed. To us, that's the most important thing. Number one factor in that we felt like was the tackling. Um, I think that's kind of obvious. We've got to play better in the fourth quarter. There's another note I have, and that was really two drives. You know, it was a long drive that they kind of kept the football. And then we went into what you call a four-minute defense, which for two, two downs we did really good. You get them to a third and eight in a four-minute, that's a good thing. Um, the hard thing with them is we didn't know if they'd run it or throw it because number eight can run it on a third and eight and get a first down. So anyway, we played. We didn't make the play. And, you know, I got to a fourth and one, and we know what happened after that. I know most of your questions are, are going to be red zone. You're going to go there, I'm sure. I, I understand it. I, I get it. I hope you can understand that uh, I'm not going to go deep into the solutions, how we're going to change it, how we're going to fix it, because I'm talking to the, uh, the Chargers, right? I'm not going to do that. Uh, I will say that there's been an extreme focus on it. The players have taken ownership. The coaches have taken ownership. Um, we did have some wrinkles in last year, uh, excuse me, last week uh, in the red zone, one that I thought worked pretty good and one not so good. So we were kind of 50-50 on any changes, but it needs to get better. Um, you know, it begins with a lot of things. I mean, the basic 
football in the red zone, which is just kind of burr up and man up, like we say. So that was the, the two teams that we've played have been pretty challenging in that regard, red zone and uh, the run defense. Hopefully it'll make us better going forward. Uh, but what we're putting out there right now obviously is not good enough. I think we all know that. So with that, I'll open it up. During times like this, when things aren't working maybe like you hoped or anticipated, what's the week of preparation like, for, not just for you, but for everybody? Yeah. In, in, in practice, meetings, everything. You know, I tell you, Any than I, I thought it was different. It has been since Tuesday morning. We met first as a team, and I thought Coach Reed was terrific in setting the tone for where we're at and where we got to go. I think the rest of the staff, I'm sure offense did it too, we echoed his sentiments. And I really liked the way the our guys in particular um, reacted yesterday, how they performed. Um, I put on tape this morning in the morning's meeting the first drill we do. I think you guys are out there for when we do what we call our pride drill, where it's for a pursuit drill or you know interception. And you know, I, I, t I put it on this morning. I go through the practice in the afternoon, then I go through it again in the morning, and I put that swarm drill on. I was inspired by that one first play that our first group did in that drill. I mean, they were flying. It set the tone for what they wanted to do in practice. Uh, there was a purpose in the practice, as Coach talked about, Coach Reed. Um, so in answer to your question, I think it has been different. I think it needs to be different. I think everybody understands that. What did Andy have to say? Or is that I'm not going to share. Yeah, I'm not going to share his words, but he was dead on. Uh, I think the, the message was great, and I think it was received great. That was, that's the most important thing. So what, are your, what, are your, what are you seeing on film, especially from the last two weeks, that the other team's offensive line is just beating your guys at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, look at some downs, that's what happens. Some downs, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of mental errors and mistakes there. Some downs, they're better than we are. There were some downs we were better than they were. When it was all said and done, you know, they did it better. Um, I, I don't know what, uh, you know, uh, everybody's got to do their job better. I'm not sure, you know, we can go out. I mean, we're not going to go out and put full pads on and scrimmage. You know, so we got to get it fixed, you know, with the way you get it fixed in the NFL. People do it. We, you know, our guys have been down this road before. We were here in 2019. And then somewhere along the way, I know we went 16 points, 3 points, 3 points. I don't know what the other stats were, because, but I know what the points were. So that's what we want to do. Steve, along those lines, you've got a little bit of a track record of, you know, defense yeah. improving as the season goes. And I, I just wonder how that – you've got urgency now, but also you've got that – Track record. How does that play yeah, I'd like to think the track record means something. I mean, appreciate you saying someday when I'm retired, it'll probably mean something. Um, it doesn't now because all these situations are different. And I've been down this road before, and it didn't get turned around. So I know what that feels like. Um, yeah, so there's experience there, both ways, good and bad. Um, but I do think we have the right group of men to head in that direction. Is there anything that you see that would be common denominators in the? You know, if I was going to put sometimes I, I remember in one of those years that it w we felt afterwards, you know, in hindsight, uh, that guys just started to started to let loose and go play and not worry about making mistakes. You know, I think that happens on either side of the ball when things aren't going good. You know, the little seeds of doubt get in there. You would, know? You say, would you say it's better that? But, What's, what has taken place the last two weeks happened now versus later on in the season? Because like you said, you yeah. can't address it because yeah. you know you're going to be facing Derrick Henry later, perhaps a, a Najee Harris with a better Pittsburgh type line. You know, when, yeah. you, when you know you're going to face a team that's going to run like you I'm not even that far down in the schedule, to be honest with you. But 
you know, let's get them all out of the way. Uh, I don't ever want to have them, but um, I don't know. I don't like them whenever. When, when things aren't going well, you got a hundred thousand people that think they know what to do, right? I mean, that's kind of the nature of yeah. being a fan and all that. One of the questions people ask a bunch is, you know, Daniel Sorensen gets a lot of playing time. Why Juan Thornhill wasn't as many snaps? Coach said the other day, it comes down to you. What's that input like on? on snap count stuff with position coaches and, and you to kind of work all that stuff out. Yeah, there's this dialogue on that all the time. Um, uh, look, at Juan's done a good job. He's had spurts of good football. Um, but when you talk about what you're asking about is a position change. Um, a position change has got to be merited when somebody's not playing well and we need improvement there. I mean, if you ask Dan, I'm sure he'd tell you he wants to play better. If you asked any of the 11 guys that play the positions on defense, I'm sure they, they're going to tell you they want to play better. Um, Juan's done some good things for us. He just needs to earn his way back. We talked, Juan and I had a conversation on Tuesday. Um, the game, obviously, the first game, Tyron didn't play, so Juan was out there a lot. Um, in this game, Tyron's coming back, and, and Dan's in there. So what did happen is we, you know, in the, in the packages that Juan is in there for, we weren't in them very much. I mean, Baltimore kept us in our base package, and there's just two safeties out there. So we'll see where it goes. We're going to need, before it's all said and done, we're going to need everybody. Juan, Dan, everybody. I mean, a number of things. Uh, I know you just can't switch it on and off like a light switch, but um, is there like a, a list of importance of, you know, what you want to fix? Is it red zone first? Is it, you know, tackling? Is it, how do you fix everything at once? We've we got to fix it all. I'm not, I'm not going to prioritize. It's, we got to fix it all. Frank, you know, Frank uh, played... Yeah, I, I thought Frank did a pretty solid job. There was I grabbed them yesterday on the field because I thought there were there's three I can think of where he's not going to get credit for anything, but I thought he pushed the offensive tackle, and I felt like the quarterback felt it. I mean that's a good thing, um, and he hadn't you know Frank hasn't had a lot. Of playing, you know, I mean, I didn't have any preseason games, and he was out for a lot of time. That takes a little while to get going. So, but that was a, a step in the right direction, I thought. Coach, has there been any considerations of moving Christians maybe back? The uh, not really. I don't, I don't think we're going to panic in that regard right now. I mean, the, the four inside guys have been rotating in there, and we need to keep them in there. And you know, Chris still has to settle in in a new position he's in. You know. How do you also just personally handle the difference in anxiety levels through the season? I mean, it, it seems like there's something ratcheted up in how you're, how you're saying this today. I mean. You can feel that? <laughs> uh, no, look, it's, I've been in this thing long enough. I mean, I think Coach Reed does it the best, you know, just like that. And that's how you have to be. Now, because I'm in the position I'm in, i got to gear up some guys. we got to get going. You know, guys got to perform and practice and all that so that might come out a little bit but you got to just you got to stay here as best you can if you're doing this my god my head be grayer you know um but it, it just it's one of those it's part of the playing in the league um you know i when you go from game one to game two you're hoping for the jump that didn't happen so we got to find a way to seal that leak in the dam now and not, I hope that happens. That's what we're hoping for. But here's what happens now. I mean, we should turn our attention to the team we're playing. Um, a whole different, a whole different attack we're facing now. And then the quarterback's not the same, you know. But this guy's a whole nother challenge with the weapons that he has. So it, we can't get stuck on what do you fix defending Lamar Jackson and that downhill run. And you can't do that. You got to move on to another opponent. So that's what we do. Cool. 
Cleveland. That, Steve, how, how different has it been conceptually from Cleveland to Baltimore to L.A.? And are there any commonalities that you guys can do from a scheme standpoint that will translate over, or is it just... Well, we don't, yeah, I mean, there's some basic things we do against every team. Um, I mean, you know, quite frankly, Cleveland and Baltimore had some similarities. If you, if you were to pick your schedule and want to play guys a team back-to-back, that might have made sense because both teams run some downhill. Now it's different running attack because number eight changes the whole thing. This will be a shift. This will be a shift from the last two opponents, no question. And you've got a week to get it done, um, you know, at scout teams. which is So that's the challenge defensively is to shift gears. I mean, I remember in college way back when when you had the run and shoot, you had Delaware wing T. I was coaching out east, right? You had, you know, normal triple I, you know, whatever they used to call that. Uh, and that was like your head was spinning every week. But it seems like it's going like that in this league too because you've got some teams that operate like we've seen the last two weeks, and then we're going to face a team, some teams that just throw the ball every down. Um, but that's the challenge. That's When you're in this business and you coach on defense, that's what you face. Coach, can I follow up real quick on Sorensen? Um, I don't know how you guys do your missed tackles or whatever, but I think he's been credited with nine missed tackles. Yeah. Like somebody's saying. yeah. Is that, that's not positioning or whatever. Is, it, is that a different thing as far as playing well goes? To me, what I think that is with Dan is, is just a little bit coming under control. The one thing we love about Dan is he's not going to miss a tackle being soft. That's not, a, that, that's not a bad thing, you know, and I think once he gets himself, I believe, I'd have to go back, but I'm almost certain the same thing happened to Dan last year. No preseason games. We come out for the first two games. We, I remember we didn't, the missed tackles were there last year, too. And Dan became, you know, really one of our consistent, most aggressive tacklers. So um, we're not ready to panic on that right now. And I know he's not either. Jaron Reed said yesterday that, you know, as a collective unit, we're pissed, you know, <laughs> after looking at the last two weeks. And, and you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, the purpose they had coming into this practice. How encouraging is it for you when you hear your players are upset after reviewing the last two weeks that you're able to fix that hole in the dam? That you yeah, it makes my job, should, should make my job a little bit easier because you've got guys that, that see the same thing I do and that are willing to fix it. And, and Jay Reed, I love. I mean, he's got that kind of, that doesn't surprise me that he said that because he's got that kind of inner fire in him. Uh, and we all need to have that. Play a little bit better. Very, very similar question, actually. The Tyrant post game mentioned that he can't wait to get back out there to show what kind of defense you guys can be, and that you guys respond best when facing adversity. How yeah. important is that mindset? Not hanging your head, but excited to get back out there. And yeah, you can't stick your head in the sand in this business. I mean, you're done, right? Um, and and you know, I don't think you make it, players and coaches. I don't think you make it here at this level if that's what you're made of. Um, I mean, I'd like to think that. I believe those are the kind of people we have in the room when I stand up there every day, coaches and players. That doesn't guarantee, you know, all of a sudden it's going to go the other way. But I know one thing, we'll grind at it. You know, we, we talk about being rock solid all the time. I mean, I flash uh, something up almost every day uh, about the foundation we built this thing on. And we've got to go back to that and, and get that done, find a way to help our organization, our team win. Uh, we, we feel like we failed. And I know the guys have had a lot of pride in that. Hopefully, we can bounce back and be one of the reasons we win. Okay. Thanks, All right, good. Thank you. This, you can call it. I had a couple of them removed. Um, no big deal. I'm, I'll be ready for Sunday. So. When did you learn about that? Was it something you knew about? Yeah, I had. I probably had them since I was a sophomore in college. So a while ago, uh, 2012-ish. Uh, yeah, but uh, they don't bother you. You can just leave them in. Uh, but I had a couple that started. Uh, 
you know, bothered me a little bit. No, no, that's my first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's nothing to worry about. I'll be, I'll be ready for Sunday. So. Cool. So, um, running the the ball against the Chiefs has been the thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they've been some tough running teams for sure, mm -hmm. but when things like this happen, do you expect other teams to maybe try to run a little bit more at this point because you guys haven't done as good a job as you'd like stopping Yeah, it? and I just think that's uh, just every year. I mean, in order to keep our offense off the field and Pat, uh, you want to run the ball. You want to kill the time and milk it and make it a long quarter, you know what I mean, and our quarters. and. Uh, that's what teams are deciding to do. And, I mean, the only thing we can do right now is try to get better at it. Uh, obviously, we haven't been playing our best in the run defense, but uh, we haven't in the past years, and we flipped it around. So it's just going to be another challenge for us. Uh, we get out there early, do walkthroughs before practice, uh, and just try to get it right. we got a bunch of right guys. We're working at it. All you can do is work at it. Uh, we, won't, we won't know if it worked or not until Sunday. So we just keep working at it and keep improving. It's tiring and... Uh, Jay Reed both talked about communication. I know you've talked about communication mm -hmm. before. What problems are you seeing, you know, that's out there communication-wise? Yeah, I just think uh, we've got, we got some different guys just in different positions. Uh, we got younger guys playing. T5 didn't really play. He was our communication guy in the, in the back end the first game. Uh, then he comes back, and then we also got young guys, so a couple of new guys like Jay Reed in the front. We got Nick Bolton playing a lot of snaps. So it's just the, the timing and culture and uh, guys just just echoing things and feeding off each other and, and things like that. But uh, we'll get that down. Uh, that's that's my least worries. Uh you know, for me as a player and then as a defense, I think our, our main focus is right now is getting stopping this run, uh, making it second and long, third and long, so we can let our rushers rush. We don't have that many sacks. And it's, the reason why is because it's third and two and one, uh, or third and three, they can run our pass. So we just got to correct that aspect that, uh, so we can let Chris and Frank just take off and, and sack the quarterback. But, Did you notice a big difference, I guess, between week one and week two with the addition of Frank Clark and Tyron Matthews back? Yeah, those are two Pro Bowl uh, pro players. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a you know a difference when you got two guys like that out there playing. And uh, yeah, we just got to keep improving. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to write stuff and talk about the season already, and it's only week two, so uh, we just chasing improvement, just trying to get better in every aspect, uh, individually and as a group. What can you take from? The experience of 2019, having a similar start, and, and how can you sort of emulate that or carry that message to some of those new guys mm -hmm. uh, who are obviously doing it for the first time alongside you? Yeah, uh, Spags talks about it all the time. It's all about trust. Uh, we trust we trust the coaching staff. We trust each other that we're going to get it done. Uh, no one's in panic mode. It's week two of a very long season. So uh, we're just trusting and continue working. I mean, we can't just throw the season away after two weeks. Uh, it's a lot of games to be played and a lot of plays to be made. So uh, all we're going to do is just keep working. Spags came in here. I think it'd be fair to say it seemed like he had a little bit more fire mm -hmm. than usual. Is that what this week's like on the practice field? I mean, do you feel a little bit more fire, a little bit more sense of urgency? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm pretty even killed every week. Uh, I mean, there's only one way to play the game. There's only one way to practice. Uh Different weeks don't get me more fired up than the other week. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I show up every day and, and practice like it's my last week of practice and my last game. So, uh, I mean, you guys 
know me. I, I don't, I'm never too high, never too low. I'm the same guy. So, uh, I mean, he might be a little more fired up. Uh, I mean, as a defense coordinator, I'm sure he is to, you know, get this run game under control and letting our rushers rush on third down. So, yeah, um, I'm guessing he probably is. But, I mean, as me as a player, I'm just focused on just trying to get better. You spoke about the, the 2019 season. I'm kind of curious about the year before that, your first year here. Mm-hmm. That was like a constant uphill battle yeah. on defense. Any sign that this is be similar to that? Uh, every year you, uh, you got different challenges, uh, different teams, different players, different schemes. There's different challenges. Uh, I mean, the only thing we can focus on is this year, and that's just getting better. Uh, that's our mindset is to get better, chance improvement, and just trust everybody that's you know, going to do their job. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. See you guys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back into From the Podium. We just heard from Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnolo, and Anthony Hitchens. Now you're going to hear from Brendan Daly, Greg Lewis, Andy Heck, and we'll finish things up with Joe Blymeyer. Continue to improve at that spot this season. Well, I think he's done a great job with what we've asked him to do. Uh, I would say those, you know, the first two games have presented some different challenges to us, no question, um, as this game is going to this week. Uh, He's done a great job in terms of working hard, trying to do exactly what we've asked him to do. There are some things that are still a little bit foreign to him or a little, I should say, he doesn't have as much time on the job with him um, that he's working through. And he's done a great job of detailing that to the best of his ability. Um, I'm, I'm kind of pleased with the direction that's going. Uh, we both, I, say, I would say we all know that that is a, still a work in progress. And, and um, you know, as it is for everybody, we're, we're grinding each and every day to try to improve and get better. And that's kind of where we're at with it. You know, I would say there's some some calls, there's some scheme element, there's some line of scrimmage communication. I would say one of the things that we feel, especially at Arrowhead, and it's a great problem to have, crowd noise is a factor for us defensively. 
because of the volume in on the line of scrimmage communication can be difficult to to hear and distribute. So we're working through some of that. Some of that we can help ourselves with just understanding when, the why, uh, you know, kind of the, the mechanics of the, the defense and when those adjustments are going to come up where you can anticipate those things. He's done a great job there. There's some of the things, um, you know, in the run game that are a little different out there, um, technique-wise and, and responsibilities in terms of kick-out blocks coming back and things of that nature and, and where your eyes need to be. That It's just the things happen differently out there than they do inside. So it, there's some time on the job element there. He's done a great job with most of it, and we're going to continue to work to get better at it. Brent, you've worked with Steve in a variety of situations now and over a number of years. I wonder what, what it is you see in that history or in his leadership that, that, that is a reason that tells you this will get worked out and you guys will continue to improve. Well, I, you know, listen, I, I think we've got a lot of trust with Everyone in our group, whether that's the coaching staff, we got a lot of trust in the players that we've got. Um, you know, I would say our focus is on getting better. Our focus is on going out there today and having a great practice. I'm really pleased with what we did on Tuesday, coming in, watching the tape, getting the corrections. I thought we had a, uh, a great meeting there, both as a group and with the defensive line. I thought we had a great practice yesterday. We're going to go out there and stack another one today, and hopefully the results will be what we want them to be on Sunday. And What's your point to with Steve's attributes, though, in this, too? I mean, is, is there something in particular you think he, he brings to this? You know, I think he's got great leadership ability. I think he's got a uniting um, theme, and I think he does a great job of both creating accountability and admitting where we've, we all need to improve, coaches, players, um, in, in the calls and some of the scheme and some of the, the, the way that we operate in, in practice. Um, and I think we've all embraced that, and I think we've got the right people in our group to embrace that. Coach, one of the uh, things that we've seen, you know, there's ratings out there. You guys probably have your own internal ratings. But, like, Frank Clark on Pro Football Focus is like the 101st defensive end out of 100. Okay. What, what are your thoughts just about how well he's played? Have you guys even – what, what do you, what's your own data that you guys use internally to see to grade? Well, I mean, I, our data is, is letters, not numbers. It's wins and losses, okay, plain and simple. That's the world that we live in. Um, I, I would say this, you know, I've never gotten caught up in ratings or rankings, whether it be statistical ones, whether it be someone else's grades. Um, I've gotten I, – I, my whole focus is on each and every day trying to improve and get better. And that's as a group, that's as an individual, that's me as a coach. And, you know, we got a new set of, of challenges here this week with the Chargers and some pretty significant ones. So, so what's your assessment of how Frank's played though earlier? You know what, I think he's, he's done a solid job, you know. Uh, we're looking at one game worth of data right now, you know. Um, I thought, you know, after dealing with the, the injury issues that he had through the preseason, we've worked himself into a place. I was a little concerned about where his conditioning level was going to be. I thought he gave us a good volume of snaps. I thought they were at a quality level in terms of physical. I thought the performance was pretty good for the first time out there with live bullets, you know, since the Super Bowl. So, again, he's going to work to continue to, to improve just like we all are. Thanks, guys. But what happened in that situation on the field um, with the Browns, with the Browns uh, defensive player, and also J.C. Treader, 
mentioned something about you being fined by the league. Is that true? So what happened in, in the situation is that I lost my cool and emotionally I got involved uh, in the game the way that I shouldn't be. I, I shouldn't be involved. My purpose was to get my guy and get him out of the situation. And as a parent, uh, I need to be a better example and defuse the situation. And that's how I looked at it, that I was going over there to get him out, and it didn't, it didn't end up that way. And it's something that I shouldn't have been a part of, but it happened. And I've moved on from it. I've spoken with uh, Coach Reed. I've spoken with the NFL. And from that standpoint, it's not going to happen again uh, from me. So other than that, I, I, that's what it really was for me as far as the situation that occurred. So. Um, Clyde has had some struggles kind of getting back in and making things happen. The, the tough play of the night was the fumble, obviously. We, we couldn't really see on the replay, was he holding the ball the way you guys coach it? It was just one of those plays that happened? Or what, what can he learn from that? Well, what we, what we all can learn, and obviously Clyde was in that situation, is that we have to protect the ball. And Clyde knows that the whole team understands the situation. Uh, that took place then. But he did have the ball high and tight. The, the guy made a play, and we didn't secure the ball. But if 12 people tackle him, I don't care. Nobody cares. In that situation, and really in all situations, the ball must be secured. We, and that's pretty much what I told him, and he understands it, and, and we move forward with that. We, we work diligently every day with everybody involved, with this running backs, tight ends, receivers, quarterbacks, who's ever touching the ball from a defensive standpoint, ball security is, is the utmost importance. We preach it every day, and it was an unfortunate deal that, that happened. We know it can't happen, and Clyde knows it can't happen. And we're past that game, and we're moving on to the Chargers. So how has he responded in practice so far this week? As a professional. Um, he, he's come out, and he, he's worked hard. Uh, he's done what he's done each and every day. Uh, it's not about worrying about what happened in the past. We can't change any of that. We're moving forward, and he's working hard to, to continue to get better at his craft, whether it's running, pass protection, uh, catching passes out of the backfield, and that's what his job is, and that's what he's coming up here to do. Coach, it's been a sluggish two games for the run game in general, uh, and I know Andy Reid on Monday said some of it is getting used to the offensive line. As a position coach, how do you get your running back group accustomed to this offensive line because it's also new? Well, everybody is everybody that's involved on offense is one eleven to the thing, and, and everybody expects everybody to do their job. So, as far as the blocking schematics and getting on the same page, that's not our job as running backs. Our job is to see the hole, get a proper alignment, proper footwork, see the hole, and hit it. And we can do better at that from a running back's perspective. I'm not going to sit here and design the play or say this needs to happen from an offensive line standpoint. Coach Heck does a tremendous job with those guys, and we're going to continue to plug away, and things are going to start popping for us. And, and I feel very confident in that, and so do the other guys uh, on this team. Last one. Okay. Thanks, Hello. How's there, good. How's everybody? Coach, Coach Heck, a couple of uh, games in, got a whole new offensive line. Just how, how have things gone in general for you guys? Yeah, uh, first I'd say I love this group uh, from top to bottom. I mean, uh, it's a great group to work with. They're guys that love football. 
uh, smart guys. Uh, they come to work every day, take coaching. Uh, so I've been really pleased with that. And in terms of what we're getting done, uh, I'm, I've been very pleased with the progress. Uh, we've got some, some good young players in there. It's a work in progress, but uh, I, I like what I'm seeing out of that group. Coach, it's been kind of a, a slow start for the run game through two games, uh, obviously with a new offensive line. How long do you think that process takes for the backs and the offensive line to get that cohesion and they're comfortable knowing where a hole is supposed to be and just so you're able to build some momentum? Right. Um, there's a lot that goes into a run game and the success in the run game for sure. I'd say, you know, before I address your question specifically, um, it starts with a mindset. Uh, a certain toughness that you bring, uh, that's where it all starts uh, in the run game. And then on top of that, uh, knowing the scheme, you know, w what it is we're doing, what it is they're doing, how we're attacking it, um, and then the technique. Um, and so there's a lot going on in the run game. And <clears throat> you, you get the mindset right, and that's, a, that's something you're never satisfied with. Okay, we can always do more there, finish, nasty, gritty. Um, you know, you look at the first two plays of the game the other day, Trey Smith, boom, takes Calais Campbell and does a nice job physically with him. Um, so, you know, we're building that, and I'm liking what I'm seeing there. That's definitely a work in progress. But you, where run game can break down uh, simply, and this is why uh, football is the greatest sport there ever was made, is because it takes all 11 guys. We're going to ask everybody to be involved with it. And if you're off just a tick in one of those two things, usually, either the scheme, uh, hey, we were supposed to you know, double this guy and create a seam right here. If you're off a tick there, uh, the play can fail. If you're off a tick with an angle or a technique, the play can fail. And so that's, you know, when we're struggling uh, at times in the run game, that's usually what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm seeing us off a guy, whether it was uh, – you didn't recognize this front and what we were trying to attack there made a poor decision or, um, hey, we got, we got whipped because we didn't use the right angle or technique. And, it, and it's a game of inches. I mean, it really is in that regard. So that is uh, something that takes time. And it's not so much a communication uh, thing. The guys are working their tails off at it. We'll continue to do that. But I love our backs. I love our line. And that's something that will come together for us. We could ask you about all all the offensive linemen because we're all seeing them for the first time here. But how about just an evaluation of Orlando Brown? Yeah, I was really pleased uh, with uh, Orlando's work the other uh, night, you know, going against uh, his former team. Of course, it's an emotional uh, night for an emotional guy in an emotional game. And I thought he responded well. And the thing I was most pleased with is, you know, we're all working on, our guys are all working on individual things. Uh, hey, I want to, uh, you know, get my feet just so I want to stay more square. I want to use my outside hand, that sort of thing. And I, there was great evidence of Orlando working on some of the things that, w that we're talking about here. He loves football, and he wants to get better. I mean, that's uh, the mark, uh, trademark of a lot of great players. And so uh, I'm pleased with how he's working. You mentioned uh, you know, picking up the scheme takes time. But you're in a unique situation where it's not like just one or two guys that you're, you're teaching what you do and you're scheme-wise. You've got five guys. I mean, how challenging is that? I mean, as far as you know, trying to break into the entire new group and get them to pick up things the way that you you do them. Yeah. Um, first, I'd say the guys, our scheme, uh, you know, can look 
uh, complicated at times with the shifts and motions and all the wonderful things that coach does. Uh, we do as a staff with our, our skilled guys, and those guys handle that stuff beautifully. But really, it's uh, some pretty simple things, especially in terms of what you're doing in the run game. The guys know the scheme. The thing is, there's uh, a thousand little details. Uh, well, if they're in this front or if they're in that coverage or in terms of an angle. And so that is something that, um, you know, can be years in the making to get all thousand of those details in your hip pocket and you're ready to roll. You know, you take a guy, uh, an experienced guy who's exceptionally smart, like uh, Mitch Schwartz. Well, that was something that helped him to become a great player. Uh, You might be a young guy who's got all the talent in the world. you got to collect these things. And then you're right. Uh, when you're talking about uh, a bunch of new guys, an entirely new group, um, you know, that thing kind of just compounds itself. Uh, so, again, it, it just takes one being off, just one inch there. Okay, that's all. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing for you. Joe, when you guys see so many teams maybe playing further back and not blitzing as much and shell coverage. Uh, how do you think you guys have attacked that so far? And what adjustments have you guys had to make if you're going to be presented that look more often this season? Yeah, the the challenge is just having things in the game plan that are good versus really any look you can get from the defenses. As we've seen, uh, teams can show things one week and come out and play us totally different. So just having the ability to get to things that could work that night uh, and then specifically get the balls to our playmakers or get the ball to our playmakers with what we're seeing. Um, that's the challenge every week going forward. And then specifically with some of the softer zone coverages, it just adds just a little different wrinkle than maybe some years past. How much do you like the, how much do you like the back and forth of trying to figure out if a team is doubling Tyreek, how to get him open or get him the ball more or using that to your advantage with obviously the rest of your receiving core? Yeah, that's a good, <clears throat> it's a good challenge. It's a delicate balance. I think we always want to try to get Tyreek uh, the ball. The more the more times it's in his hands, you know, the better for everybody. At the same time, without forcing it or really taking away from uh, either other parts of our offense or the other guys, it's kind of the balance that we try to strike. Joe, what about <clears throat> Pringle? Are there things that he does maybe none of the other guys in your group give you? Yeah, he's got – I mean, he puts his own little flavor on uh, the routes and the concepts that we have. Um, <clears throat> Byron specifically, he's got great instincts. I think we've seen it uh, on on kickoff return when he has the ball in his hands. He's got great instincts. And then to his credit, he's put a lot of work in studying the playbook and then taking a bunch of reps in practice to be able to translate you know, those instincts to the field. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing now is he's just out there using his instincts. He knows the offense, uh, and he's just out there playing, and that's when he's at his best. How good was it the other night to see a couple of the long plays? These weren't just typical over the top plays where you had guys downfield blocking. And what kind of response does that get in the tape room when you guys go back to <laughs> Yeah. That? No, they're, <clears throat> uh, they're reminded of that constantly at practice. Uh, some would say, yeah, almost ad nauseum. So, uh, but it was good to see it translate. And it just shows, you know, kind of the, the passion for the game that those guys all have. Um, it's an NFL game. It was Sunday night football. It's the big stage, but to a lot of them, it's like recess. And they're just out there playing, having fun, fighting for each other. And that type of energy, that type of excitement, we try to carry every week in this long season. And I think it'll translate to, like you saw, you saw big plays down the field, creating opportunities for everybody, that type of stuff. That's their personality as it is, but we try to not only highlight it, but emphasize that. Coach, a lot of chatter about who is the number two wide receiver outside of Tyreek Hill, but I think we saw 
last week's game, you, you're capable of using a lot of players. Would you say that you have a bona fide number two, or, you, or, or is this more or less a committee at number two? Yeah, I think it. I think you would say a committee. Um, <clears throat> all of our receivers play all the different spots. Uh, based on any given route concept or any given play, they can be all over the field. And then, like we've seen with McColl or D-Rob, Pringle, they all have their own individual uh, flair or ways that they uh, prefer to get open or run a route versus a certain coverage. So it's kind of um, previewing during the week what you expect to see, whose type of uh, route preference or um, receiver style would be best at a certain spot, and then just try to put them put them in where they'll have their most success. <clears throat> Anybody else? Thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. All right, thanks.